right, glad you're with us. 75 days until you, we, the people, you are the ultimate jury. And uh, I have an urgency that I keep talking to you about, and that is that everything matters. Everything's on the line. There are stated policies. They, you know, they're now saying every, all of this openly. Democrats used to always hide it. Um, it matters. We have a full election map, by the way, on Hannity.com. It's interactive. It's informational. And that is, okay, well, how do you register in your state? How do you, uh, when does early voting start in your state? Can you believe 16 states will have early voting already started before Biden and Trump ever debate? That's madness. Uh, anyway, information you need to know. Uh, for example, what about locations for voting? What about absentee ballots if, you wanna, if you're voting absentee this year? It's all up on Hannity.com. Who's running for Congress where you live? Is there a Senate race where you live this year? It's all up there. Now, what's amazing, Rasmussen has their poll out today. This is now, you know, day three of the Democratic National Infomercial. I mean, the most, I mean, it's, I could watch more infomercials. I'll choose it any day over this. It's so dull, so bad, so boring. It's just pathetic. But now they have likely uh, U.S. voters, 48-44. The race is tightening. A week ago, Biden was up 49-43. So not exactly uh, a big convention bump. That will probably likely get something. Um, there's a brand new poll showing President Trump in a dead heat with Joe Biden in the ultra blue state of Minnesota. You think law, order, safety, security isn't on the ballot? I think people in Minnesota, according to this poll, uh, they watched what happened in Minneapolis and they're appalled what happened there. Watch these council members spend taxpayer dollars for their own personal security and then defund the police. And you, we're watching this, you know, Adam Schiff show unfold before our very eyes. And they're denying they're, they're denying it all. It's unbelievable. Um, anyway, uh, hang on one, one second. Uh, anyway, anyway, so they got now that's that's in play. That's all in play to give you an idea just how unusual it is for a Republican to even come close to winning Minnesota. No GOP presidential candidate carried the states since 1976. Even Reagan, when he won 49 states in 1984, uh, even Reagan didn't win Minnesota. It was much closer than anybody thought in 2016. Now, by the way, we... Um, the uh, Time magazine put out that African-American voters under 30, you know, might be going to Donald Trump. According to their research, American University's swing African and black voter project is what they call it. The early data suggests that black voters under the age of 30 are not only lukewarm on Biden, but they are less willing to see President Trump as racist, more open to a Trump second term. Remember, what did Trump say to African-Americans in 2016, what have you got to lose? I mean, that's a hell of a campaign slogan when you really think about it. But what was he really referring to? He was referring to decades of false promises. Every two, four years, in come the politicians, out comes the race card. And, and what are the results? You know, we 64 people shot in Chicago last weekend. You, you, we've surpassed the, the number of shootings and the murder rate of all of 2019 in the beginning of August in New York City. You know, look at Portland. Look at Seattle. You know, uh, how come uh, Barack and Joe didn't have criminal justice reform, police reform? They never set a single record 
in terms of African-American low unemployment. Trump set record after record after record. Opportunity zones. All of this under Donald Trump. Record low unemployment. African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace. Youth unemployment. African-American youth unemployment. And guess what? Because he definitely is, is the candidate for American workers. And I, you can see it with the jobs. Well, what is partly the argument over controlled immigration uh, all about and securing our borders? Because, well, part of, the, you know, a lot of Republicans have, have wanted to cater to, to big business and cheap labor. Well, that hurts everybody in this country. And, and right, you seem to transformation. Remember, Barack and Joe said those jobs, they ain't coming back. They came back. And now they're going to come back in droves more after coronavirus because it's it's fairly obvious and that is that what we're taking all of the manufacturing of of vaccines medical equipment etc cetera, etc cetera, we're taking it back from china in-house we're not going to allow such vital crucial uh materials to be made abroad we're not counting on the chinese that that lied to the entire world by the way this pretty funny story out there about how uh Kamala Harris, apparently, when they had their Zoom crowd, apparently they had duplicates of people in different windows. It's hilarious. Uh, what does that mean? I'm not going to go into it. I just thought it was funny to see it. Uh, the DNC act- accidentally spotlighted Kamala Harris's debate attack on Biden's racist ties. And sometimes you just, you know, can't stop it. But anyway, the convention infomercial inadvertently spotlighted Kamala Harris's most effective moment in the debates when she literally went after Joe Biden for associated with known racists during the early days in the Senate. I mean, that was right in the middle of the primetime lineup. DMC featured a a young woman wearing a, a shirt with a photo of, of young Harris uh, uh, in, in, you know, apparently just young entitled that little girl was me. Well, that came from the July 2019 debate in the primary where Harris blasted Joe Biden for praising segregationist senators and accused Biden of working with them to oppose busing. He did. He partnered with the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd, and absolutely the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act was against the Voting Rights Act and partnered with Biden even a decade beyond with Biden to stop uh, integration in schools because Joe was afraid his kids, they didn't want him going to school in a racial jungle. His words. Imagine if Donald Trump had said any of this. Anyway, it's you watched last night. What was this? They're launching an assault on Second Amendment rights. Kamala Harris, she actually believes in an executive order that can eliminate whatever guns they decide to eliminate. That would bypass what's called the legislative branch of government. Democrats, you know, all showcasing that an illegal immigrant speaking, I need health insurance, I deserve it, right? It was a video featuring an illegal immigrant brought her disabled daughter into the United States for life-saving health care. By the way, conservatives would be in favor of, of, of helping people in countries that don't have uh, uh, certain medical care for certain things. I think there'd be a way to, to put that into uh an organized immigration program. I mean, I think a few things we need as a criteria, I guess after COVID, we would need some kind of health check. Want to make sure people don't have radical associations or ties when they come into the country. Got to make sure that we're not bringing in, you know, massive amounts of people that will compete with Americans for jobs. 
and take away the, the ability for Americans to get jobs at good wages, something Democrats talk about but they don't deliver on, and, and ensuring that you will not be a burden to the taxpayer if you're, you know, if we invite you in. Uh, I think those are all reasonable requests. As Trump used to say, we'll build the wall with a big, beautiful door. Kamala promising that Joe Biden will end this pandemic. Well, Joe Biden wouldn't have put the travel ban in, in effect either. And untold hundreds of thousands of Americans likely would have contracted it if it wasn't for the Trump travel ban that he called hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. And then the subsequent travel bans and the first quarantine in over 50 years. You know, so you got all the all the bumper stickers, all the slogans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but th- they're not giving you the idea. You know, it was interesting. Michael Goodwin, New York Post, he's been writing great columns all week and how former President Obama's never been able, he says, to transfer, you know, the gifts that he had uh, to others when he's not on the ballot. That's all true. Everybody forgets 2010 was a disaster midterm for him. And the amount of senators and congressmen he lost that people talked about 2018, nothing compared to what happened two years into the Obama presidency. Want to talk about divisive? Yeah, I think he's been pretty divisive. Um, I, I, I don't even see Obama's heart in this. Why did he support Hillary in 2016 over Biden as, as vice president? Why was he so late to support Biden? Why did he rarely even talk about Biden in his speech? It was beyond odd. Um, one thing that uh, Breitbart had out that, well, former President Obama claimed that President Trump had no interest in common ground. Uh, no, Trump literally, uh, you know, had far more bipartisanship from a nonpartisan, you know, groups of people. What, what is the Obama-Biden record? After eight years, here's the final tally. 13 million more Americans, food stamps, 8 million more poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. And the worst recovery since the 40s. That is their record. That is that is just their record. That You cannot get rid of that. Um, we have now, you know, so I, I know the mob and the media is making a big deal. I mean, they, we'll play this later. We have an extensive montage that you, we'll play later in the show today about how the media mob, they just were, they couldn't believe, gushing over Obama. It's like everyone had a thrill up their leg all over again. And Kamala Harris accepts uh, there's no vaccine for racism. Okay. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed or inspired by anything she had to say last night. You know, and the president went right back at it and said, uh, but didn't she call him a racist? Didn't she say he was incompetent? Yikes. Why did he refuse to endorse meeting Obama's slow Joe until it was all over? Even when it was very late, tried to get him not to run. Remember Politico quoting Obama saying, don't ever underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. And the network professing love for the so relatable Kamala Harris and her soaring speech. She's the most liberal senator in 2019, the U.S. Senate to the left of Bolshevik Bernie, which I didn't even think was possible. Now, you know, it is curious. Obama didn't talk up Biden in this speech. It was actually a little awkward. I know the mob is they couldn't say enough good things. Um, but the reality is what it is. And so Kamala now is officially becomes the Democrats VP candidate launches an assault on Donald Trump for chaos and competence for lost lives saying, you know, I know a predator when I see one. Well, OK, well, there's an article by 
Tara Reid out today about the Democratic convention, and that would have to do, let's see, you know, saying that the party is complicit. Uh, she had said she believed the survivors of Biden or those that made accusation. Hundred celebrities, remember how outspoken they were on Kavanaugh? All silent on Biden and Clinton. Okay, that's called hypocrisy. Like they care about Russia, but they don't care about Hillary's Russian disinformation dirty dossier. Uh, just like they didn't care about her obstruction with subpoenaed emails, just like they didn't care about the real quid pro quo with Joe leveraging a billion dollars to get a prosecutor fired investigating his zero experience son, Hunter. Hunter is on the agenda tonight. We get to hear from zero experience Hunter tonight. Wow. Anyway, what do we hear? Uh, You got what the moderator calling for gun control uh, to end the uh, epidemic of violence. Well, that's what Kamala says. Beto Bozo's the, the guns are. You have uh, the, the moderator, Kerry Washington, saying Joe Biden will take on the climate crisis. Yeah, he's pledging trillions of your dollars and pledging to get rid of fossil fuels, the lifeblood of our economy. And all they talk, the Green New Agenda. OK, trillions of dollars. We already tried this. Solyndra, anybody? And, you know, then saying literally even criticizing Joe for praising the, quote, hugely diverse black community following the Biden gaffe. Ouch. Moderator saying that, yep, it's hugely diverse. And then hit Trump for fighting illegal immigration. These are amazing times we're, we're living in here. I, look, I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. I play this game like we're behind. We got two-minute drill. We're on our own 20. We got to march down the field. No timeouts. Cross the plane. Kick the extra point. That's the urgency I have. I hope you all have the same one. We'll get the government we ultimately deserve. I live free or die discounted 40% off, and I love that, on Amazon.com. We have a town hall tonight, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, if you want. That's for signed copies if you want that. I, I got some ideas. We'll get to it later in the program. But, um, look, what really matters uh, is we've got to win. We did 75 days. This matters. I'm talking about, okay, you've now seen... You know, what is the most radical, extreme, major party agenda in the in in the history of politics as I know it and what they are stating that they will do should frighten every America. Biden is pledging trillions for this new Green Deal while simultaneously getting us off the light blood of our economy, oil and gas. He, they are pledging free health care, free everything for illegal immigrants they're pledging open borders they're pledging amnesty in other words we will be the united sanctuary states of america they are playing pay they are running on and their agenda is trillions of dollars in new taxes they're even saying openly they'd like to stack the supreme court and they need a constitutional amendment if, if they would like to abandon the electoral college that that won't end well for this country if they try that and then you add to the the rest of it no oil no gas what? I mean, are you kidding me? You know how many millions of high-paying career jobs are at risk in Pennsylvania, Ohio, all over this country? But they buy into their own madness. And you can't even get your own health insurance? Kamala Harris? Are you kidding me? Get rid of this gun and that gun, whatever gun they choose, by executive fiat and executive order? Yeah, all hands on deck. In 75 days, it matters. Stated policies like this will cause irreparable harm to the country. We got it. We owe it to future generations to make sure it doesn't happen.
I live free or die. Amazon.com. I love 40% discounts. I love that Costco decided to take the book and Walmart took it. And they don't always take every book. Target took it. They don't take, they, they take books that they think will be successful and they heavily discount them. I like that. Um, there's actually a phrase for it. It's like a lo- they call it lost leader, which I love. Because in other words, you go there and they hope that, well, if you're going to get Hannity's book, we'll give you a good discount. But look at these other books. Uh, just saying. Uh, anyway, thank you again. Uh, another and can, week. Sean, can I interrupt? Oh, boy. Just for, No, it's good. You know, people need to realize that you also have this audio book. So for, audio. The, for those of again. us that commute, say the, say like that me. Again. What is it called? The what it's an book? audio book. An audio. Uh, uh, how do you say audio? Audio. audio. Is there an awe in audio? Listen, there is when I say it. So there's an audio book. It's awesome. And it really is all you. So it has your inflections, your tones, what made you angry, what didn't. And you read it all yourself. And I think that that's incredible. And we've talked about it a little bit. But I think that people would really enjoy listening to it. I mean, for me. I was surprised. They, they, I mean, they begged me. I'm like, I don't, I've done this twice. I can't. It's too hard. And, and we spent 10 hours on a Saturday and nine hours the next day on a Sunday. And then I had to do, you know, an hour of fixes or two hours of fixes, whatever it was. You did and pretty good on the fixes. There weren't that many. There weren't. Uh, listen, I mean, you know, I stayed dialed in. I tried to do it like I do the radio show, except it's hard when you're reading. But I wanted to inflect. I wanted people to hear it and and recognize the me behind this. And even though there was a lot of new material, like, for example, when we're doing the research in Chapter 1 about what's made America great and going back to our roots and our founding and Judeo-Christian principles, yeah, it's easily, easy to research Okay, when we footnote, we footnoted everything, right? And and but then when you have, to, it's easy to just copy the name and write it. I'm like, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but you know, I it yeah, was but important. it's hard. I mean, we're citing. See, the thing that people don't understand, and this harkens back to how this whole conversation starts, right? So people are in the streets, they're protesting, they want justice, they want to be heard, they want to change America from all that it is. And I'm like, okay, so why does everybody want to come here then? If it's so terrible, if you're so upset, if you don't like what we're doing, then why do you want to come here? Listen, this country has advanced the human condition. Do you know what's missing, too, from this this entire DNC infomercial? I mean, it's so dull and boring and monotonous. It's it's hard to watch. And that's why ratings, I didn't get today's ratings. Well, that's why Kamala couldn't get 30 people to watch, and that's why they had to double up pictures and circle them and point it out and say, why do you have three well, was people? That ju- I'm, I'm giving benefits of the no, doubt No, there's no here benefit of me- the doubt. No. Okay, well, they had on like a Zoom call, you see somebody's face, but you don't see the same person's face in yeah, two boxes. You, and not more than one person. So, I, I, you know, I got Jen and Jen in one corner, and, and then I got, you know, uh, Katie and Katie in another corner, and I got uh, Q and Q in another corner. No, no, you no, no, no. You know what, no. though? Th- that, to me, is the superfluous. That, that is meaningless. She doesn't want us to have private health insurance. She thinks that through executive fiat, we can bypass an entire branch of government. By the way, the president's speaking near Biden's birthplace in Pennsylvania. I saw, I saw on Twitter, somebody sent me the crowds lining the streets. It's like everywhere this president goes. You want to take a little bit of it? No, because I, I got too much to say today. Um, Sorry, Mr. So- president. Well, he's on my TV show tonight, so I'll have it then. I was going to announce it later, but I'll announce it now. He's on Hannity oh, tonight. Just before, by the way, how great is this? Just before Biden speaks, is that not great? Well, you know, we're going to hear what it sounds like to make a full sentence, and then what it hears to struggle through one. So it's good. Well, listen, he's been practicing. He can't mess this up. He just can't. It was interesting. O'Reilly said that he knows he's practicing, 
in his basement bunker and that some aides are like so nervous about it they wanted to tape it. Well, if he forgets uh, they, what they state he's in tonight, live. he's in trouble. What's, if what, we're gonna, if he if, forgets we're gonna, where he is tonight, we're in trouble. We're not in trouble, actually. You know, I, I think America, look, I know the mob and the media talks about it privately, and I know everybody that I talk to ask me about it. Everybody. And it's, it's like, okay, but the mob protects him. We'll play a long montage we put together today later in the show. I can't, I don't have time here. And we'll play it later because it's like they're protecting all of this. But it's just because they hate Trump so much. You know, it was, it was pretty fascinating that they included the Kamala Harris attack on Joe. Uh, it was pretty even more amazing. The DNC uh, moderator last night was, I think she's an actress, Kerry Washington, right? Um, That's correct. And they literally, you know, she, she addressed Joe Biden saying that, you know, what he said back in the day that, what, what you all know, what most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is incredibly, uh, an incredibly diverse community. Now, Kerry Washington said the, the black community is hugely diverse. Now, remember, Kamala went hard about his association with the former Klansman, this praise. And by the way, it's not just Joe. That would be Bill and Hillary. That would be Pelosi and Schumer. They all praised the guy that filibustered the 64 Civil Rights Act, was against the, the, the Voting Rights Act. And then, you know, over a decade later, like 13 years later, in the late 70s, Biden is partnering with, with Byrd. Um, you know, remember, he also said, you ain't black. But he's partnering with Byrd to stop integration of schools, saying he doesn't want his kids going to school, in his words, what would be a racial jungle. I mean, crazy stuff. Then you add the more recent comments. I, I always go back to what he said about Barack Obama for the first time ever. First time ever. You have an, a mainstream African-American who is uh, articulate and bright and clean. I'm like, what? That storybook, man, doubles down on pretty much the first time. Uh, and remember, look, Obama knows Joe. There's article after article that when Joe would speak in the Oval Office, everybody would be like, oh, no, here we go again. He's going he's gonna to tell the same story. And apparently President Obama had a lot of patience for him. But listen, he, uh, he stayed silent on all of this. That's all true. And he's the one that said never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Remember, he supported Hillary in 2016. There's, there's something here. Look for... For, for Obama barely talked about Joe, barely talked about him. You know, he rips into Trump by name, saying he hasn't grown into the job. Well, excuse me, he shattered every unemployment record that you never shattered. He he put police reform efforts in effect. Barack, you didn't do that. Joe, you didn't do it either. The same thing with you know criminal justice reform, police reform, opportunity zones, the longest, largest commitment to. Historically, black colleges with the most amount of money. That was all Donald Trump. Shattering record low after record low after record low unemployment. 13 million more Americans after eight years. A Joe and Barack on food stamps. Eight million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rates since the 70s. Worst recovery since the 40s. I'm going to say it because nobody in the mob will say it. And I want people to understand, you add to that now the defund the police effort. You add to that now trillions committed to this madness, new green deal. You add to that Kamala 
you know, she was the one who sponsored that madness, co-sponsored it in the Senate. You add to that, she wants Medicare for all. You add to that, uh, also Joe Biden, how did Obamacare work the first time? He's like, yeah, we're going to double down on that. and It'll be a combination probably of the two. But we're talking about commitments of trillions of dollars and millions of Americans were lied to, lost their doctors, lost their plans, and we're all paying on average 200% more. And almost 40% of the country has one Biden-Obama-Care exchange option. And Kamala's saying, no, you can't even get private health insurance. I thought liberals were pro-choice. Apparently not. You get the same class, uh, envy, warfare, etc. I mean, it's it, this is playbook 101. And, you know, I think as America becomes more aware of the extreme agenda i mean bolshevik bernie once an outlier in the democratic party he's now writing economic policy the squad aoc didn't even mention joe's name and i thought that was hilarious you know she's now the new green deals are i mean this is this is radicalism on a level we've never seen before you know um i didn't really see a, a full-on endorsement from obama about joe didn't see it why? My guess, maybe they're not as close as, as they would have you believe at this moment. Matter of fact, I, I'd bet everything on it. Um, so, you know, and then, of course, the mob, the most powerful speech ever. Yeah, it's, they can't help themselves. MSDNC melting down over Obama's warning of, of a coming, coming end of America. <laughs> you know, it just they've lost their minds. It is a mob mentality in the media. The 99%, they lie. It's, it's cult-like psychosis on steroids and human growth hormone every second, minute, hour of every day. And they were willing to lie, and were, the mob was willing accomplices to the biggest conspiracy theories and hoaxes ever. They never once condemned the abuse of power, the corruption. They never once condemned Hillary's... Uh, Let's see, subpoenaed emails deleted and bleach bitten hammers. They never cared so much about Russia, Russia. They ignored the dirty Russian misinformation dossier that she paid for. That became the foundation of an unverifiable, dirty dossier. They were warned in August of 2016, warned before Comey ever signed the first warrant, that it's not, not verified. Clinton paid for it. Steele had an agenda. He signed it anyway says verified on top. Then two months later goes to Trump Tower. There's this dossier. It's salacious and unverified. The opposite of what he said just months earlier. What a liar. And then he went on to sign other warrants. Three of them, as a matter of fact. Comey himself. Then you have Sally Yates signing one. Rod Rosenstein signing the fourth, the third renewal warrant. Buente signing you know, off on this nonsense. I, and it's like, even when they talked to the subsource of Christopher Steele, he said, no, 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 this is bar talk. They kept it a lot. They knew that there was no Trump-Russia collusion. We see behind closed doors. Adam Schiff, the, the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar. That's why he was hiding the transcripts. You know, Sally ate no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. You know, then you clap, no evidence, Clapper. Even Comey, Page, Struck, no there, there. They all said it. They had nothing. They kept it up. They were willing to destroy this country and tear this country down because of their view that they know better than us. Understand, too, every attack that you hear against Donald Trump is an attack on us. We, uh, smelly, 
Walmart shopper Trump voters. And I like Walmart. I love Walmart. As a matter of fact, you get everything you want and you save money. It's great. Love Walmart. By the way, did you hear about this cop down in, I think, Texas? Was on the blaze today. Guy walk, was walking into a Walmart with an AK-47. And it wasn't a cop. It was a, a, a vet. And says, you're not pulling off what you plan here today. Wow. What courage. And he saved, probably saved who knows how many lives. Um, but, you know, this is, this is it. You know, Kamala touting criminal justice record. All these people that spent time in jail and the evidence wasn't even there. And they're now speaking out. We'll put some of these people on the show in the days and weeks ahead. Um, I don't think there's any one thing that's going to be remembered from any of these speeches. I, I think the Rasmussen report shows it all. And you, you've got the most radical agenda ever. Kamala remains a co-sponsor of Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All. She was a co-sponsor of AOC's New Green Deal. She was just one of 10 senators to want to keep NAFTA. You know, she wants to ban plastic straws, reduce the amount of red meat that we eat. Nobody's talking about that in the mob because they are the biggest donors to the Democratic Party. I mean, honestly, Kamala Harris, you know, not even stopping abortion after 20 weeks. Excuse me. Um, at what point is a life sustainable on its own? I mean, it's like Governor Northrop's madness. First, we'll deliver the baby and make sure the baby's comfortable. Then we'll talk to the mother, whether we're going to offer more medical care to the baby or let it die. I mean, it's crazy. And, okay, defunding the police? Really? You know, police become the enemy. Uh, One guy gave an interview, a man who spent two decades in prison, said, Kamala Harris ruined a lot of lives and ruined my life. Wrongfully convicted a man who spent nearly 20 years in prison. Wow, including the, the Pelican Bay, which is not exactly the nicest place on earth. After D.A. Harris sent his, his case back to trial. By the way, there were cases others make an allegation. She wouldn't even allow the, the use of DNA evidence. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You had another guy cleared of a 1989 double murder. And sending that case back to that was in the Daily Mail and, you know, cleared of it. Eventually, you ruined my life. You ruined a lot of lives, he said. You know, Clinton, I mean, Clinton is just pathetic. It just whatever. She can't get over it. She has John Kasich, all these people that lose the presidency. They all think they're going to win. How do I know? Because I've interviewed them all except Hillary. But trust me, they just became angry and bitter. Look at Al Gore. Look at Hillary Clinton. Look at John Kasich. You know, sadly, even Mitt Romney, who I thought would have been a good president, has become angry. And will even just bypass all of the all the things he said he was supporting. I don't like Trump's style. Okay. He's getting it done. He's shattering records and he fights. You didn't fight, you lost. Same with the late Senator John McCain. He would have been a better president than Obama. He was a moderate, kind of liberal Republican in a lot of areas, but would have been better than radical Obama. All right, live free or die. Uh, thank you again for making it the number one book in the country this week. Even the New York Times, they have to print it again. That's got to drive them crazy. Anyway, uh, Amazon.com, 40% off. We have a virtual town hall for signed copies if you're interested. Uh, Costco's, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, all deeply discounted. I want you just, I want you to get the best price you can on it. And don't buy two, just pass it around. It's about... What is at stake in 75 days? Pretty much everything. 
If these stated plans are implemented, irreparable harm is what I see for the country. New Green Deal, open borders, amnesty, no oil, no gas, no fossil fuels, trillions in new taxes, government promises that can never, ever be fulfilled, ever. Uh, weakness in terms of foreign policy, you know, corruption. Hunter Biden speaks tonight. Just remember, quid pro quo Joe, zero experience Hunter uh, with Ukraine. And don't forget about the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. Um, well, you know, being on the book tour, you get to, I, I get to reverse roles, but I think one of my, my favorite interviews so far has been the podcast of former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. We go back to 1990s when we first met. I was the MC the night he became Speaker of the House. Uh, we have a long friendship. He's like family to me at this point. I mean, um, he had to adopt me. Uh, I have tried. I we have worked out secret deals to do shows that nobody will ever know about. I'm like, well, if I, why don't we do this? <laughs> if we won't go into the details, he's like, oh, all right. You're the annoying younger brother. How are you, sir? Glad you're back. I'm good. And I don't think of you as that annoying. Is <laughs> that annoying? <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man! Uh, congratulations! You've, your book has done so well that the New York Times must be considering just closing down in despair. <laughs> um, look, uh, I, I'm very grateful for that, and I and I and look, I'm competitive. I guess like everybody else, I want people to read it, which is why I spent over a year preparing this thing. But more importantly, I'm I'm very worried. Their stated policies, and I, actually, my heart was warmed after reading your column that you believe the Biden-Harris ticket will collapse between now and Election Day, and you give very specific factors, three specifics, and I'm, I really want you to explain this. Well, I, look, I, I just backed out and looked at the big picture. Um, in fact, number one is Biden himself. You know, 55% of the country told Rasmussen, that they do not believe he can serve out four years. 38% of the country told Rasmussen that they think he already has cognitive problems. Uh, that's a pretty big mountain to climb. I, I just tell people, close your eyes, imagine the American president negotiating with Xi Jinping, who's the very, very tough dictator of communist China. Do you want a guy in there who's tough but has rough edges, or do you want a guy in there who's pleasant and falls asleep halfway through the meeting? And I think as people think about Biden as a commander-in-chief, he's just going to disappear because it's impossible. It makes no sense. Second, their real platform is so radical, confiscating guns, tax-paid abortion on the last day of the ninth month. Uh, just go down the list. Uh, you know, free health care for illegal immigrants. Uh, there's nothing that... Amnesty, open borders. Want. Yeah. Amnesty. Yeah, so, you, so you're down that list. And then third, I believe that Kamala Harris is the weakest vice presidential candidate since Tom Eagleson had to resign from the ticket with McGovern in 1972 because he had been taking electric shock therapy for his depression. And I literally well, believe... Pe people are going to take that uh, the wrong way. I want you to really explain that. They're going to say, why are you saying that you know, you're saying her policies? But go ahead. No, no, I'll explain it, but I'm saying, I mean, I just explained what, what actually happened. I'm a historian, you know. Uh, and, and a that, professor. A fact. That's, why, that's, that's, that's why Eagleton resigned. Um, I'm not saying she's going to resign, 
But what I am saying is that, that she is going to become an enormous burden. And I'll give you uh, three cases. One, she is a bad, just a bad performer. She was at 15% last July. By the time she dropped out of the race, she was at 4%. She, Biden had eight times as many black supporters as Harris did. She was, she was running fourth in the black community. And in California, her home state, she was running fourth, and 61% of Californians wanted her to drop out of the race. So part one is she just can't perform. I mean, she's not a, she's not a national class player. Part two is that she just lies all the time. Now, uh, there's this great uh, video. We're not, we're not talking about Mick Gingrich's opinion. There's this great video where Stephen Colbert says to her, you know, how do you take all these vicious, nasty things you said about Joe Biden in the debates, and now you're saying all these nice things? How do you explain this? And she looks at him like he's crazy, and she says, it was a debate, meaning, of course you lie in debates. And then she repeats it two more times while laughing hysterically. It was a debate. So this is a person who has no credibility in the long run. Third, and this is really hard to believe, given everything that the New York Times and the Washington Post and the networks have done to try to make her seem normal. She had the most radical voting record in the Senate. Now, I want you to think about this, Sean. This means she was more radical than Bernie Sanders, and she was more radical than Elizabeth Warren. Do you know how hard you have to work to be more radical than both of them? But think about it. She is a San Francisco, just like Pelosi, she is a San Francisco radical who lives in that environment, believes in that environment, is trying to make the whole country resemble San Francisco. And the result is, I think, that she, she's not going to be able to defend her policies, she's not going to be able to defend her character, and she's not a very good performer. So you take all that and you put them together and you say, over the next 60 days, what's going to happen? I think they're just going to fall apart. You know, you make... I honestly believe that. I I agree. Uh, You know, there's a part of me, I can give you my best arguments, and a lot of them are the same ones that you just made. Left of Bernie Sanders. That's hard to do. Wow. Bolshevik Bernie. Um, No choice for health care. Co-sponsor Green New Deal. Trillions, you know, to this madness executive fiat they can get rid of guns and bypass the legislative branch um the attacks you're right on on biden were vicious and which i guess would be a preview of coming attractions with the debate with pence but you know i'm i'm looking at this and then you're right i I mean america asked the question about reagan in 84 they asked the question about mccain in 2008 it's a fair question does joe have the strength the stamina because he looks frail and weak to me the mental alertness and acuity to take on the toughest job in the world uh i'm sorry he looks tired and out of it and and when the few appearances he's make now we've gone back and we've been able to count 34 questions that joe biden has taken from the media in since march trump you know two thousand plus now and it is stunning to me the mob is letting him get away with that. Well, remember, that understates it. He's getting softball questions like, do you really like your French toasts with uh, syrup? I mean, they, they don't go after him at all. <laughs> I thought it was funny the other day, President Trump said, you know, why can't I get some of his reporters? 
And I think Trump would offer to send the White House press corps to the basement and allow the Biden press corps to come to the White House and see what happens. How big because, an issue... It, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. How big an issue... We see this, all these cities have one thing in common where all this violence and rioting and looting and arson has taken place, continuing in in many of them now. New York City, 64 people shot last weekend in Chicago, including three teenagers and a 12-year-old. Portland, wow, we saw the beat down this poor guy over the weekend. Um, And that's 80-some-odd days. Then Seattle, you know, they defund the police. Uh, Police Chief Carmen Best, I felt so sorry for her. She had to resign over this because she couldn't in good conscience allow her officers uh, to go out there and put their lives on the line when all of all of the training that they've had, that that, that those those non-lethal tools to disperse crowds were removed. And and it's everywhere. The president now is tied in, in Minnesota with a new poll out today. Uh, against Biden. Reagan, the one state, didn't win, right? So my question is, how big is law and order and safety and security? Because I view all those liberal cities and, and, and blue states, no bail in New York, and they're supporting that too. As a preview of coming attractions, and I'll add one thing, Kamala Harris, we know, supported defunding the LAPD. We know that Joe Biden said police become the enemy, and he supported reallocating monies away from the police. How how big an issue is this? Because I, that's a preview of Joe Biden's America to me. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, what I think is happening. <clears throat> Some things are political issues. You know, I may agree or disagree about standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Some things are about personal values. And some things are about life. So personal value would be you know, I really care about safety in my neighborhood. If I watch somebody getting beaten up or I watch somebody's house getting threatened, now I start to apply that to me and say, what if they're coming to me next? And what I've picked up again and again recently is situations where people are looking at all this uh, and they're really beginning uh, to realize that this is about them. Uh, I don't know if you've seen um, Kim Klasick's uh, extraordinary commercial about Baltimore young lady who's running for Congress down there. Uh, But she's the beginning of something very real because her entire video is in the streets. And she's talking about how all of these corrupt politicians have betrayed the city and they've betrayed the people. And and, and the murder rate in Baltimore, which is horrendous. Uh, And in a number of these cities, the mayor has been more dangerous than COVID. More people have died from homicides than have died from COVID. And when we need to have the guts to start saying this, that this is a policy-driven decision. And in my book, Trump and the American Future, I have a chapter that says the Democrats are pro-criminal and anti-police. And I think that's exactly accurate. Uh, and that's what you're describing. Now, I could tell you it's already having an effect, not just the Minnesota poll from today, but last week in the Washington state primaries, which are an open system, very unusual, there's a huge surge in Republican vote everywhere except Seattle. Uh, I talked yesterday to a New York GOP group by video or by, by Zoom, and one of the guys was a candidate for assembly that said in his district, which Hillary carried by a big margin, they just got a poll in yesterday morning. Trump is now ahead of Biden in that district. And I think the there, reason is the yeah. response to violence. All right, so we have just a short period of time here. If you're talking to Donald Trump today, what do you tell him? 
Uh, your speech next week should be 25% about great accomplishments up to February, 25% about trying to lead the country to an extraordinary difficult challenge, and 50% about why America will be dramatically better over the next four years with you than with uh, Biden. Pretty straightforward. You know, I, I, I think it's all true. Well, you know what's been missing? Have you heard anything about American greatness, American exceptionalism in, in any of this? And, and honestly, they try to hide the agenda. I mean, 60 seconds for Ocasio-Cortez. And she laid it out, the radical agenda that they are supporting. <laughs> I thought she was very good. I thought nobody had gotten more radicalism into one 60-second talk uh, in my lifetime. If you actually read word by word what she said, it, it was so far out that it verges on crazy. But it's who she really is, of course. You know, that's the thing. She I mean, she co-sponsored the New Green Deal. No choice for health care. Medicare for all, co-sponsor. Executive fiat, take guns away. Higher taxes, redistribution, open borders, amnesty. It's madness to me. They used to hide that these were their positions. Well, but, but she represents a new generation that's proudly anti-American and that's quite willing to get into a debate over whether or not we're a decent country uh, and that sees it as their mission to uh, profoundly change us. And, no. and uh, in a sense, that makes it better for us because, you know, un unlike the Joe Bidens of the world who learned to hide it, or for that matter, Barack Obama, remember? You yeah, got to sure. keep your doctor. <laughs> you got to keep quick, your Quick question. Uh, well, you believe America will reject this, and how confident yeah. are you? Ninety-five percent. New Kingrich, his best-selling book is in bookstore Shakedown. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you again. Another week. It's got to be killing the New York Times to have to list the live free or die America and the world on the brink uh, is the number one book in the country. But they'll get over it, I'm sure, at some point. Um, I want to take some time here. And I want to play things for you. And they're longer montages than we would usually do. But I, I, I think it's important. The first one, you know, we always talked about the anointed one, Barack Obama, right? We talked about it and, you know, thrill up your leg. I mean, we had one of the funniest bits we've ever did on Chris Matthews. Uh, if you want to pull the, the, from the archives, we can. But the, the mob and the media. Now, remember, he barely mentioned Joe, just little... Just whatever. They they go low, we go high. Whatever. You know, they can sit in the back. Remember Obama saying that? Uh, he was divisive, uh, quite divisive in his years as president. But I just want you to hear two things. The well, first one I'm going to play is the media mob and how they gush over the anointed one. The thrill up the leg. Listen. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. I did hope, for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously, that he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work, no interest in finding common ground, no interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends. We also saw, saw a truly unprecedented moment. The former president of the United States, Barack Obama, delivering a scathing 
a scathing attack against the current president of the United States, President Trump. Uh, this was a moment that uh, we, we anticipated that, there, that this would unfold, but not to the degree that it has unfolded. I've been watching President uh, Obama, for example, since 2004, deliver speeches. This may have been the most powerful address he ever gave, a presidential address to the nation, not only strongly supporting the Democratic presidential nominee, Joe Biden, right now, but going after the sitting president of the United States. It was a, 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 an unprecedented speech to have uh, the immediate past president go uh, speak at a convention and talk about Basically, this is a four-alarm fire. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to defeat this, this guy. President Obama made clear he believes that this is an existential threat. And when I say this, he was talking about his successor, the man in the White House right now. I mean, you almost saw it as a break glass in case of an emergency moment, and he was breaking the glass. These were powerful words from the former president of the United States. He didn't mince any of that, and I think it was truly historic. Uh, Neemalika Henderson, a history-making speech from Kamala Harris, and really a history-shaking speech by uh, President Obama, just an extraordinary speech. This was sort of the new definition of the fierce urgency of now, and I could see him uh, in the Oval Office. It was intimate, and it was chilling, and he was declaring a national emergency. And what he was doing was saying, I need you to save democracy. President Obama's speech tonight slayed me. Um, I'm sure people have different opinions about it because it's a different kind of thing from him, but his warnings that we could potentially be at the end of American democracy um, scared me and I found upsetting and hard to watch, um, but just powerful, powerful stuff. This was the, the, the speech that Obama has given throughout all the speeches I've read or watched that absolutely did feel like the most of a warning. Mm -hmm. And I think it was warning about the potential end of America. And I mean, that seems dramatic when people say it and people throw around, if we have one, four more years of Trump, the country will end. But there is a fundamental sense that if you break every institution that made it possible for there to be a Barack Obama, it will end. I mean, it's almost, you, they're, they're almost have all turned into Chris Matthews. We used to play this montage all the time. Well, let's pull up a Hannity classic. And this, and I had to do, this was one of the funniest bits I think we ever did. Listen to Chris Matthews. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. And that is an objective assessment. My love. I thought it was Hollywood. It was romance. There's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. And we should be comfortable and will be with him in such a setting. My it was realism. Your every breath that I take, your every step I make. I felt this thrill going up my leg. I, well, I don't have that too often. And I, I want to share all my love with you. An Oval Office yeah. setting showing that he's comfortable. No one this is valuable material. This is real estate of the highest order. I felt this thrill going up my leg. They tell me how much you care. The guy's done everything. He's worked his butt off. He's been a good citizen. He's done everything right. You will always be. 
I felt this thrill going up my leg. I just had to go down memory lane here. Um, Now I want to do one other thing, and then we'll get to calls. And that is the mob and the media. Remember, Joe Biden's hiding in his bunker. 34 questions since March that we count. Donald Trump, just shy of 2,000 now. They, they, They hide this guy. And the media mob, the biggest contributors to all things radical democratic socialist, you know, the mob that lied about Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, and Hillary's uh, obstruction, obstruction, and everything else. They lied for years. Now, that watch them protect Joe Biden here. The first mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and clean and nice-looking guy. Mm. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah. There is a part of Biden that feels more Reagan-esque that way. You're like, ah, it's Grandpa. It's Uncle Joe. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Those oh-that-Joe moments are part of his political charm. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. So much of what is appealing about him to a lot of voters is the fact that he's authentic. I got Got hairy legs. The fact that he doesn't yeah. always seem scripted. The kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Your AR-14s are what? Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, Biden yesterday uh, showed the other side of his humanity, uh, and that is he's a fighter. You're full And some people see that as charming, a candidate who's willing to air it out face to face with a guy. This is going to be a net plus for Joe Biden. Ashton Carter, Joe Biden, the vice president, was swearing him in to be defense secretary. He waved his wife over and a little hands on treatment from the vice president. (laughs) Everybody knows he's a touchy feely guy and he's just very friendly. He is. He was reportedly comforting her after she fell on ice. It's bread and love. Coon said Maggie was not uncomfortable at all. They're going to put you all back in chains. He's making an historic reference he may not have been right to do, but it certainly wasn't malignant. I'm not even sure it had any anything to do with race. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Still, he is a master of the quick recovery. Make sure the kids hear words. These qualities are almost endearing to voters. We choose truth over facts. They find him more believable because he makes missteps every so often. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris, I but mean, anyway. Chris. These gaffes are also a part of who he is as a politician. We've never allowed any crisis from the Civil War straight through to the pandemic of 17, all the way around 16. We have never, never let our democracy sakes second fiddle way that we can both have a democracy and elections and at the same time correct the public health. It's just like they're complicit. All right, don't forget our town hall immediately after Hannity tonight, 6 Eastern. Just go to Hannity.com. If you, it's for signed copies of, of Live Free or Die. If you want a, a signed copy, you can get it tonight. Uh, Amazon.com, 40% discount even now, uh, which I love. And all right, let's go to Paul in Illinois. Paul, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. I heard a caller yesterday from Illinois. I'm from Illinois, and uh, he was talking about our Senate race here, and it sounded like he didn't quite believe that our guy might have a chance for the Republicans, and I wanted to give you some background. There's actually, because it didn't come up on the call, there's a third-party candidate who's an African-American multimillionaire from Chicago running as an independent and running on reparations, and that's taking a big bite out of Durbin's stronghold of Chicago. And meanwhile, the Republicans are running a 12-year elected 
uh, Collar County Sheriff and a guy named Mark Curran. And he's a real law and order candidate, and he's, he's going places where traditional Republicans don't go. He's been to East St. Louis. He's been on the, he had a press conference on the bloodiest street in Chicago the other day. And he's traveling around the state with a cardboard cutout of Durbin because him, just like Biden, is hiding. No one sees him, not in his hometown of East St. Louis, not in Chicago. So he's going there and asking everybody for the vote. And meanwhile, third-party candidates are spending a fortune against Durbin. I think he's got a real chance. And I live in the Collar Counties here, and I could have went to a Trump rally every weekend this summer. This, uh, these people have had it with the Democrats, from our governor to Dick Durbin and all these people we never see once they get elected. And I think the GOP has a real chance of that Mark Kern to well, actually listen. win a surprise Senate seat. It's unbelievable down here. Look, I'm not counting on Illinois, and I'm not counting on Chicago. I mean, we all know what Chicago's famous for. Even Obama acknowledged it. But, look, uh I could see New York being way closer than anyone could imagine. Now, I told you about the poll earlier in the show today. I mean, even there's not, not only a convention bounce, Trump is gaining on Biden, according to Rasmussen, but now the president is tied even in Minnesota. Minnesota's in play. And I would argue Nevada's going to be in play. And New Mexico and New Hampshire. And we certainly need that second congressional district in Maine. But we got to win Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio. Got to win Iowa, Arizona. You got to pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. I'd make I put them all in play. All these cities and states. How have liberal Democrats done in in the decades of rule? Why didn't Barack and Joe set one record after another unemployment for minorities in America? Why didn't they do it? Why didn't they go uh, forward with criminal justice reform? You know, why, why isn't the media mob uh, identifying Joe Biden's praise of a former Klansman who filibustered the, the Civil Rights Act and was against the Voting Rights Act and then partnered with the former Klansman to stop, uh, you know, in the issues of segregation and integration? He didn't want his kids in schools, integrated schools, it would become a racial jungle. Those, his words. Imagine if Trump had said that. What has he done in 50-plus in years of the swamp? Nothing. What can you point to? What, what record did they shatter in eight years? In spite of the lies that we've been hearing at this convention, 13 million more Americans, food stamps, 8 million more poverty, and the lowest labor participation rate in the, since the 70s, and the worst recovery since the 40s. That's their record. That's Joe's record. That's Barack's record. You know, he didn't grow into the job. Well, that would be Obama. The laziest president, that him and Biden, they didn't do anything. And Biden fell asleep, put everyone else to sleep. Why did Obama support Hillary over Joe? Why did he wait so late to support Joe? Because he doesn't, you know, never underestimate Joe's ability to F this up. That's what Obama said. It was in Politico. Anyway, we, uh, I hope you're right. I really do. Thank you for the call. All right, as we continue, uh, Los Angeles, Mike, oh, $150 billion cut, and Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris supported it. Hey, Sean, how are you? It's an honor to speak to you. My honor's all mine. Yeah, so my question is this. If I can get a receipt for buying a Sean Hannity book from the Amazon, why can I get a re- not get a receipt after the election? Your vote counted, and this is who you voted for. And also is, for my RNC. Great point, but you can't, you know, none of this is going to be resolved in, in what, uh, 75 days. 
you know, th- this is now the latest cause celeb. That's why they withhold the original funding for coronavirus. I don't trust that they can't run a post office or the DMV for crying out loud successfully. No, they can't. But there is some good news. There's some very good news. I'm here in the uh, the stronghold of liberalism, California, and you're starting to see Trump 2020 signs. You're starting to see billboards. I hadn't seen that in uh, – I've never seen that here. So, I mean, we need to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because people are not dumb. They actually see what's going on. They're waking up. So well, look, I, 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 why would anybody – I mean, I hear the sales tax is going up to 16%. You have a 13.5% income tax in California. And California, like New York, is bleeding population. And New Jersey and Illinois. People are getting the hell out. And they're tired of burdensome government and regulation. Anyway, I got uh, got a break here, though. But I appreciate you calling. All right, news roundup information overload hour. It's got to be killing, Linda, the New York Times to have to put down yet another week. Hannity's book number one in the country. Um, uh, I always like to say thank you. I did not. I'm, I'm happy about that. I really am. I'm competitive, of course. You, you don't spend. We spent a year, I spent a year of my life putting a lot of time uh, into this project. It's hard for me because I'd rather talk. And uh, that's why I haven't written a book in 10 years. But I'll tell you the win that really matters to me. The win that matters is in 75 days and because it's all on the line, the stated policies. And this is what I lay out in the, in the book. It's never been this radical, this this extreme defunding the police can't restore law and order. These you want, the preview of coming attractions, all these Democratic cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. New York, Chicago, Portland, uh, Seattle, L.A., San Francisco. People are exiting in droves in these cities, in all these blue states, to get away from, from you know, government bureaucracy and these massively high taxes. It's, it's pathetic. And I just lay out what they're promising will never be fulfilled. You don't believe me? How do they do it? Law, order, safety, security, education, and, and how do those Obamacare promises work out? Anyway, it's all in Live Free or Die. I love that it's discounted, 40% off on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. We have our town hall tonight at 6, one hour from right now, well, less than that. Um, if you want to join us, just go to Hannity.com. Signed copies of the books are, are now available. I've uh, been signing away. I wish I could have seen everybody on the book tour. Um, but it is, it is, what is at stake? Our very way of life, what their stated policies, New Green Deal, no oil, no gas, amnesty, the United Sanctuary States of America, trillions and trillions of new taxes and redistribution and everything's free they can't do anything right so far look at those liberal cities and so it's uh this is probably the most important election in our lifetime by far i've said it before this is this is real i irreparable harm if the stated policies are ever implemented um i want to go to bill bratton was the first police chief under rudy giuliani in new york city what they did in New York to save lives is they, they looked specifically where are the crimes happening? What are the streets? What are the locations? What are the neighborhoods? They identified them. Then they implemented stop and frisk. Remember, about 2,500 murders a year was going on in New York. They, they drove it down way below 500. Lives are saved because of tough policing measures. Now you got a billion-dollar cut and the, and the street crime unit which was the most effective in the NYPD, has been dismantled. And I, I, you can see it is a discernible and scary uh, difference right now in Comrade de Blasio's America. 
Here is the dire warning that former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton gave us. Bad news is it's going to take a while, and I don't see that turnaround happening anytime soon. We still have a city council. We still have a legislature. We still have uh, state and city leadership that is focused on reform that uh, reforms going too far. And now they're in the midst of phenomenal budget crises. And in the midst of all of this, uh, the idea of the political hashtags is driving public policy. You know, defund the police. Part of our issue here, uh, it's hard to know what success will look like when nobody is really defining what is success. That uh, we're all over the place in the sense of uh, the idea of what do we want? We want reform. Well, what type of reform do you want? Uh, we, we want uh, uh, defunding. Well, what do you mean with defunding? Uh, effectively, we're a mess. Uh, can we get out of it? Yes. Uh, can we get out of it anytime soon? No. Are we in for more bad times? Yes. But uh, New York has remained resilient, but this time it's uh, going to be tough. It's going to be uh, much, much tougher to come out of this and for a lot of reasons. But uh, hopefully that uh, before it uh, reaches a point of no return, we begin to uh, effectively start working together to try to figure out what will success look like? What will the New York, new New York look like? Because it will be a new New York. It's never going to look like what it looked like in 2018 and 19. I'm sorry, that's it's it's yeah. not returning to that probably in our lifetime. Wow, not returning to that, not in our lifetime. That's the, that's you know what have I been saying? Irreparable harm if the stated policies are implemented. Now. Um, I've got to get out of New York one of these days, and I'm really, the two states that are probably foremost in my mind to move to are Texas and Florida. And um, now what I'm saying to people, you know, if you take a U-Haul from California to Texas, eh, it costs you around $2,000, $2,500, depending where you're coming from in California. Take it back from Texas. You rent a U-Haul, go from Texas to Florida. It's 400 bucks, and you probably can negotiate it down even further because you're doing U-Haul a favor because... People want to stay in Texas, and they're leaving California. The governor of the great state of Texas, uh, Governor Abbott, is with us. Uh, governor, great to have you back. Welcome to the program. Uh, I love what you mentioned. Um, you're seeing what's going on around the country, and now you have told the Austin City Council, now that they've approved a $150 million police budget cut, that they're not going to be able to raise taxes. Explain. Well, first, Sean, I want to say congratulations to you on your book. Very well-deserved. Uh, to be ranked number one uh, with an incredibly important message. Uh, second, I will tell you this, and that is, uh, I- interestingly, during the course of this pandemic, uh, we have seen an increase in the flow of people fleeing California, fleeing New York, coming to the state of Texas. People are coming here right and left, and now this process is going to be accelerated even more because of the policy announcement that I made earlier this week. Our policy is this. We do not want to see in Texas what has happened in Portland, what's happened in Seattle, what's happened in Chicago, what's happened in St. Louis, what's happened in New York City about attempts to defund law enforcement. Uh, We've seen, as you pointed out, the catastrophes that can occur when law enforcement is diminished and the criminal element is elevated, and we will not tolerate that in Texas. And so, Sean, here's what happened. What happened is uh, last week the city council for the city of Austin 
They voted to defund law enforcement in Austin, Texas, despite the fact that over the first half of this calendar year, Austin ranked number one in the United States of America for the percentage increase in murders. The last thing you should do when you're leading the country in murders is to defund law enforcement. So here's what Texas is doing. Uh, We are planning a law that will defund any city that tries to defund law enforcement. We will put these cities out of the business of being able to raise the revenue they need uh, to for the city to pay their bills if they're not going to be stepping up and funding the most important thing, and that is public safety in their communities. It's their number one job. I actually noticed your Houston police chief is telling all these frustrated laid-off officers. Uh, by the way, at the top of my list would be Carmen Best, uh, who I think is an amazing police chief, and she just said, "I can't take it anymore. I can't. I can't protect my officers." And she she resigned in Seattle. But the police chief in Houston is saying, "Hey, you laid off. Come to Houston. San Francisco's cops aren't waiting to be defunded. They're leaving in mass, and it's happening everywhere. Same with New York. They've had to stop." cops that have the right to retire from retiring um i'm glad you're doing this but you're not you know what my fear is for texas is that they're going to come from california or new york or wherever and they're going to bring this stupid liberal policies that they supported in the states they left i'll tell you something interesting about that sean and that is everyone in your audience probably remembers that knockdown drag out race for the united states senate between beto o'rourke and ted cruz Uh, There was a very effective and precise poll that was done uh, at the time that election took place. It was an exit poll of people who had already voted. And believe it or not, uh, one of the questions in the poll is, have you moved to Texas from California in the past five years? And then if so, who did you vote for? Ted Cruz won the percentage. 58% of the people who moved from California voted for Ted Cruz, not for Beto O'Rourke. And the reason, Sean, is this. And that is the reason why they're fleeing California. The reason why they're fleeing New York and some other states and coming to Texas is because they're trying to get away from the liberalism, the socialism of these other states, and they're coming to Texas for the freedom. And so we are uh, importing the people who are freedom-seeking people. Understand this. If, if you believe in more regulation, more taxation, the last state that you will leave is California, and the last state you'll come to is the state of Texas. We believe in low taxes, low regulations. We believe in law enforcement and the rule of law. And so people know exactly what they are getting when they come here, and hence we are attracting the kinds of people who will keep Texas, Texas. I have friends, of, uh, my fa- I have family members that have now moved to Texas, and You know, let me play for you. I never thought I'd hear this from a major political party. Let me play Biden and let me play Kamala Harris uh, applauding the L.A. mayor's move to defund and and Biden's police become the enemy. Listen, Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. We've got to re-examine what we're doing with American taxpayer dollars and ask the question, are we getting the right return on our investment? Are we actually creating healthy and safe communities? And that's a legitimate conversation, and it requires a a really critical evaluation. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Wow. I mean, I never thought of, I mean, that's, that, that, that is a major political party's, their candidates for president and vice president, governor. Point, Sean, that the people must 
come to grips with. And that is this election, we're voting either for safe communities or dangerous communities. We're, we're voting for law enforcement or by the rule of mob, like what we saw in Seattle with the autonomous zone. Uh, your voters very lives in their property. Remember uh, that man and, and woman, the husband and wife in St. Louis. They had to pull out their own guns to defend their own property and defend their own lives because the police were not there to help them out and defend them. And so the Second Amendment and the ability to defend yourself and the ability to have safe and secure communities is on the ballot this election. Stay right there if you can, Governor. Stick with us. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. I'm going to tell you what Uh, Governor Cuomo said about conservatives like me that live in New York when we get back on the other side. All right, Texas Governor Greg Appett is uh, with us now. Let me play you something that uh, Andrew Cuomo, by the way, the dumbest guy on Corona, writing a book now about leadership on Corona. I'm like, wow, that's pretty arrogant. We now had an AP study this week that 11,000 extra probably people died because of his stupid policy to leave 70 percent of the beds Trump built, manned and converted for COVID-19 with all the PPE he didn't have. And he left them empty. Oh, it was 70 percent. And then he sent COVID patients into nursing homes. They say now as high as 11,000 or more people died as a result of his executive order. Same thing, New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania. Um, this is what he said about conservatives a while back, uh, Governor. Uh, their problem is not me and the Democrats. Their problem is themselves. Who are they? Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life, a poor assault weapon, anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. So this- because that's not who New Yorkers are. Well, I'm not anti-gay at all. I'm libertarian. I think people should live their own lives. But, yeah, I am guilty. Um, I am pro-life. Uh, I believe in our Second Amendment, Governor. Uh, I, it sounds like I'm not very welcome here. And they charge me a lot of money in taxes. Well, it sounds like Cuomo is suddenly changing his tune. You may recall last week he was literally begging New York business leaders to remain in New York. He saw them fleeing. And so uh, his people right and left who are fleeing his leadership, the ones who were able to survive what he did over the course of the coronavirus, uh, there was no governor in the, in the United States of America that led more people to their death than Governor Cuomo did by his decision-making process in the coronavirus. That said, uh, there may be no governor in the United States that's wrecking such economic havoc as Governor Cuomo is. And it's not me saying this. It is the business people in New York who are calling me saying they need to get out of New York and they want to come to Texas. And these are hedge fund leaders, finance leaders, business leaders of all kinds that want to get out of New York because of the type of leadership, because of the taxation, because of the regulation, uh, because of the liberalism that they are seeing, and because of the lack of safety on the streets in New York City. Well, I got to know Governor Rick Perry, your predecessor, well, and Bobby Jindal and Rick Scott. You know why, Governor? Because they were up in New York every other month, you know, (laughs) courting businesses to leave. And guess what? They were successful. And I know you have followed up on that trend. But here's how it's changed. And that is, I don't need to go to New York to uh, try to get that business because those New York leaders are calling me every day, Sean in California also and elsewhere. And I'm, I'm sure you saw and you talked about how Elon Musk uh, is shutting down a factory in California and opening up his new uh, gigafactory here in Texas. 
and he is a searcher for freedom. And we're seeing this happen right yeah. and left. People realize that if you want to be able to start a business, grow a business, and profit from that business and live in the land of freedom, Texas is the place to be. Governor Abbott, Texas, uh, God bless Texas. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Your call's coming up next. And don't forget, 40% off Amazon.com, live free or die. Um, And uh, I'm so happy about it. Also on sale, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, Costco, Walmart, Target, everywhere. Uh, If you haven't gotten your copy yet, and thank you for making yet again, it's the number one book in the country. Quick break, right back, your calls are next. All right, live free or die, thank you uh, very much. Number one again, New York Times, and that's not why I did it. It's not. I want to be very clear. I am thankful. I'm very grateful. I want people to read this book, share it, you know, get it the biggest discount you can. Uh, Amazon.com, Costco's, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart. They all have it discounted right now on Amazon.com, 40 percent off. Uh, We're doing another uh, town hall about uh, 25 minutes from right now. Just go to Hannity.com. You can click in. That's for signed copies, correct? Linda? Yeah, that's a ticketed event. It's a virtual event like all of our others. And uh, okay. it's going to be you one-on-one interactive with the folks. They've submitted some questions. And uh, we're going to be answering all of those. And uh, people can buy their tickets. Um, Sean well, Hannity. I, yes. I know people have wanted these signed copies. So I am I am signing and signing and signing. I'm so glad because I just sent 2,000 more to your house. Hannity.com. It's BethanyBeachBooks.com. And then SeanHannityBook.com is where you can find all of our awesome retailers, Amazon, Costco, Sam's, Barnes & Noble, um, Books and Greetings, BAM, just really you know great what partners. what do? For people that that would like, we have a really nice book plate. Now, the co- copies I'm citing now are the real copies of the book, but we really designed some pretty killer book plates. And you know what I think I'm going to do? If, if people want, we'll set up in, in a couple of weeks We'll set up maybe a, a place on Hannity.com. Just say you bought the book, and we'll send you a, a signature so you can add it to the book if you want it, for those that do want it. I, That's a nice I, I idea. Normally, I like that. I normally, I, what did we plan on? We, we planned on doing a book signing in the parking lot of Crown Burger. The events. Yes, the Rod Arquette was a huge, huge help with that. Yeah, I mean, we set a record at the Reagan Library. Literally, the police had to stop people from coming up the hill uh, when we did an event there in the one at the Nixon Library. And I was so looking forward to being out there. Of course, I always think food, and I, I wanted to have my In-N-Out burger. You know, I do it veggie style now, veggie and animal. I have a is it animal wrap. style? Or veggie oh, yeah. style is the lettuce wrap and animal style is yeah. the fries? I never get I, it right. No, no, <laughs> no. animal style is the chopped onions. But I, I prefer oh. it. It's so refreshing instead of a bun because, you know, I don't eat bread. Um, and I, it's so much more refreshing. You got to try it now. It's messy as hell. I mean, you just the stuff pouring out here and there and everywhere, but I don't care. Just get a lot of napkins and bring your Purell, which you have anyway, and just clean up when you're done. But it is the, it's like, Oh, the greatest burger ever. Best fries. It's so cool at in and out burger that they literally, you watch them peel the potatoes, slice the potatoes and then put them in and they change the oil every day. When I once worked in a concession stand. We didn't change the oil all summer. I'm, I, they never told me to. That was a really gross story the first time you told that story, too. It's w- not what really, is up with that? I had no problem eating the French fries every day. Ugh. Back then, I could eat anything I wanted. Um, and they have great shakes. And at, at Crown Burger, they put pastrami in this incredible sauce they got. I got to find out the recipe. I would I think love... in your past life, like you were a short order cook and a rock star. I was. No, I, I love the fact that when I was 13 years old, 
I was, you know, I would be the short order cook at the. Oh, you busy were? Restaurant. I thought you were just a busboy. No, no, no. I was first. I was the dishwasher Friday, I Saturday, knew Sunday. And I was twelve. Then just before I became fourteen, I was thirteen years old. This guy Hans, this old chef, quit on Thanksgiving Day. Oof. The owner, and he's recently gotten in touch with us. Um, I got to find his number. Anyway, he throws me the apron and says, "You're in." And I, you know, I'm pounding out, you know, Thanksgiving Day dinners and dressing and everything else. And then, then it, it, the late night menu would kick in. That was stuffed lobster. I mean, this this was pretty sophisticated, you know, late night menu. Uh, you'd have burgers and steaks and fries and and just all that stuff. And I got good at cooking. And I and I'd be sweating profusely. And I you have to move. So I'm you were exactly sweating all type. over your customers' food? Is that what you just told everybody? No, no, no. Stop. All right. But you're in a kitchen. You're going to sweat. All right. That's every restaurant. And I'd be in there, and I just loved the pace of it. You you know me better than anybody. I can't sit still for a second. This is very true. All these people, friends of mine, that say, well, we're going to the beach for two weeks. I'm like, what are you going to do? Oh, no, we're just going to lay out. I'm like, huh? Two weeks? Lay out? What are you talking about? You know, whenever I take my kids uh, down to Florida over Christmas break, I'd go down and I'd play beach football. And then I'd say, I'll see you later. I, I, the idea of sitting there all day. Now, it's, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I can maybe tolerate maybe half hour, hour. But I'm just not. I, I, I'm like, why am I sitting here? Although I do love the sound of waves. That is peaceful. It's almost like you, signing thousands and thousands of books. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell them to send more. Make sure I want to get Oh, I'll do it. I'll send more. So who's hosting tonight or is it just me? It's just you. They just want it you. So it's just you. And you're going to answer lots of questions and we're going to be there for like 45 minutes to an hour. Are you going to be on it too? No. (laughs) No. Once was enough. No, I mean, I can if you want me to, but I wasn't planning on it. Listen, you work hard enough. You're good. Um, But if you want to, you're always welcome. Let's put it that way. Thank you, boss. Uh, all right, let's go to South Carolina. Uh, Dennis is standing by. Dennis, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me, Sean. My I honor. want to thank you for being a true American patriot and having the courage to stand up on radio, TV, and in print and speak the truths and uh, take the criticism. You, sir, are the one with the true, um, the true backbone like a ramrod. Uh, I, I, wanna, I appreciate you allowing me to do this. I do this because you let me. Uh, I want to make sure that the people out there know they do not have to wait until November 3rd to cast your vote in person. Uh, contact your local board of elections. My local board of elections will allow me to vote at a machine and socially distance up to 30 days during the week before the election. So that begins on October 4th in my county. Contact your local county. We need to get our word out as quickly as possible. We need to make sure that the, you vote in person and and socially distance and be safe. But we want November 3rd to come and have our vote already counted. Listen, Fauci sure said it's safe to vote. on Again, social distancing. I've been the advocate of masks. You know, I'll give you some numbers of people. In Arizona... Uh, when about 5% early on with COVID, when they tested positive, uh, by the end of May, uh, in, in that particular case, that they were fatal, 5%. The case fatality rate is half that figure. As a matter of fact, in California, the rate was 4% in May, and now it's one6 Why? Because of therapeutics. Uh, two, uh, we learned the ventilators were the last 
ditched effort. Uh, we've had now two, three studies now, if you cl- include the French study and the Henry Ford study and the Sinai study uh, that said hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, now they're also including this nebulizer inhaler and, and zinc. If given early, they all gave positive results in spite of the mob going with a study that had to be retracted. That's the one they quote. Um, so, you know, obviously consult with your doctor and, and make the right decision. But I'm for masks because I've explained it many times. I saw them work. It was a little weird when Jimmy Kimmel said, I can't believe I agree with Sean Hannity. But I, I see that it works. Everybody's does. I, everybody in New York has it everywhere. You get you to be honest, I got used to it. It doesn't really cramp my style. I'd rather not, but it's fine. It's just I do it because I don't want to get grandma and grandpa sick. Somebody's grandma and grandpa, or mom and dad, people that I might be at risk. I agree 100% about wearing the masks when you're in public and uh, around a lot, large amount of people. Um, it is definitely a smarter choice just to take that precaution. Whether it really helps or not, I believe that it does help. Uh, I think that it is smart to take that precaution. Um, but just for those that, that, that are scared or uh, think that they need to wait for a mail-in ballot, uh, the sooner we get to those polling places and, and to our board of elections and get that early voting, the the sooner our vote and our voices can be heard. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that Joe Biden, basement bozo Biden, has a slogan on his Build Back Better, which is really just a shallow hologram hiding his true slogan, which is plagiarize, procrastinate, and place blame. Uh, you sound like you're... You wrote this out, didn't you? Now, be honest. Come on, man. I've, I know. I've thought, I've thought this out. I've, I've thought about it. Oh, that's you know, all right. We really, make it a lot really of sense. Really By the way, for- I have an interactive election map. How do you, when do you need to register by? When does early voting start in your state? How do you do absentee uh, ballot voting? Where, where are the polls on Election Day? Who's your person running for Congress? Just informational on Hannity.com, okay? Absolutely. We need, we need to uh, vote red our whole ticket. We need to... Uh, we can't get things done when when uh, different yeah. parts of the government are in different hands. Vote for your local Republican. If you want to have, we're going to vote for the president. Don't don't put handcuffs on him and, and put Pelosi back in power and Schumer in power. Scary. All right, I got to move on. Dennis, all the best in South Carolina. Thank you, uh, Florida Kelly. Florida, we need you in seventy-five days. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're a lot hanging on Florida. We need Florida. Well, we need Florida desperately. You have to promise me you won't get mad at me. I won't get mad at you. I promise. Go ahead. Okay. I am an avid Trump supporter. However, I'm going to have to put, cast my vote for Joe Biden. And let me explain it to you why. Tuesday night, as I was watching Dr. Jill give her speech, She looked in the camera directly at me, and she promised that if Joe was elected, he would do for all Americans just like he's done for his own family. And quite honestly, I need an $80,000 a month board of director seat on a Ukraine company. (laughs) You had me. I was thinking, wow. Well, you know, I, I wasn't going to try and talk you out of it. I'm just going <laughs> to r- remind. OK. And you need quid pro quo Joe's influence so you can become a multimillionaire with like zero experience hunter, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how to speak Ukrainian, nor do I know anything about oil 
so I'm a perfect fit. You had me set up like a bowling pin. I'm buying it hook, line, and sinker. That does not happen much anymore. I'll be honest, wow. she had me too. I was afraid, Kelly. I was very afraid. I was like, oh, this is going to be an so infomercial I- for Biden, just like this boring infomercial every night. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I, you, you a junkie? On, Go ahead. I am, I am getting ready to go online to purchase your book. Well, I'll tell you what. You're not going to have to because we're going to send you a signed copy. Okay? Thank you so uh, much. I'm going to share uh, it with my, with my liberal children. I am telling people, don't don't buy two. Just buy one and and share it. That's all. No, I'm no, asking. she's got liberal children. She should buy five copies and make them pay for it. <laughs> okay, we'll send you. How many liberal kids do you got? I have three at the moment. All right, four books with autographs going to your family, okay? You're awesome. All right, and uh, maybe we'll share the audio book. I did the whole audio book. It's the ebooks available on Amazon.com. The audio book, I did the whole thing uh, right on down the line. Um, most authors don't. All right, Kelly, you got me good today. Thank you. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Tori is in San Antonio, W-O-A-I. Hey, Sean. What's going on? How are you, Tori? I'm doing good here in the Yellow Rose of Texas, Alamo City. And I want to say I appreciate all, all the work that you're doing because all the digging that you're doing, all the research, you go deep. And the thing is, is that you give us the full course meal. And I like that. You give us the meat and potatoes. You don't go directly to the dessert. You let us know everything that we need to know. And that's the truth. It's the greatest compliment you can give me. There's two compliments you can get in in radio. One is that, wow, this is useful information I can't get anywhere else. The other one is, I was so interested in what was going on, I I stayed in the car. And I wouldn't leave. Um, I like that, too. And three hours a day yeah. is all I ask, and one hour at night is all I ask. And you could set your DVR and, and watch anytime you want. Uh, but I yeah. listen, I appreciate it. Um, that's my job. Nobody vets Kamala Harris. Nobody. We're the only one I've seen on TV that vets Kamala Harris. Uh, maybe a few others. I, I don't watch a lot of TV because I'm busy all day. And But I will tell you, it is, uh, that's what, I, I think that's one of the big reasons that my, the radio and TV show have been successful. We, we get news and information as, as entertaining a way as we can, top newsmakers, in the way that the mob won't do it. You know, we spent three and a half years investigating the deep state abuse of power and corruption. We were right. They were all wrong. The 99%, the mob and the media, Democrats were wrong. What they dragged this country through. We vetted Obama. Nobody else vetted Obama like we did. And we were right there, too. All right, that's going to wrap things up for tonight. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Yep, before Joe speaks, uh, President Trump will join us. The great one, Mark Levin, will join us. Lawrence Jones was bowed on the road with the president all day in Pennsylvania. It's all right, but the president tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern, exclusively on the Fox News Channel. We'll see it tonight at 9. I'll see some of you on our virtual town hall at Hannity.com in a few minutes. Thank you, as always, for being with us. Let's win for the country. 75 days.